In the name of our incarnate God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I've been a student of art most of my life, and if you've ever really studied the images of Mary and the Christ child from medieval art, you may have noticed a curious thing. Over time, Mary's skirts get larger and larger and more voluminous with fabric. There gets to be a point where you'd think, how in the world did she manage to move in all that fabric? Now, the fabric itself gets fancier and fancier and more luxurious looking with rich colors and deep patterns, even some with gilding using cloth of gold. Now, the reason for this progression is a change in the church's understanding of Mary's role in the salvation of the world. Mary's lap upon which Jesus is sitting becomes the altar that bears the holy presence of Jesus. As church altars became draped with ever more ornate fabrics, so did Jesus' lap. So did Mary's lap as she held Jesus. It's a funny thing as we started to become more ornate in the adornment of our beautiful churches, we tended to put a little bit more distance between our own simple selves and the babe in Mary's lap. Now, I love good costumes. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> we do it upright at Christmas, not just in our churches, but in our homes as well those special things that we put out came from our great-grandmother and has to be out or we don't have Christmas properly, right? I love decorating my household with things that are not only beautiful but have meaning, right? I'm cheered by the lights and the trees. I love the baubles and ornaments handed down to me over the years and... Each year, I have to remind myself in the midst of that beauty to root deep down into what we are actually celebrating here and focus on the baby on Mary's lap. That holy child resting on his mother's lap is the very substance of our faith. It's what brings us together. It's what we will celebrate and be fed on tonight from this altar. Now the joy, the joy that we have in knowing Jesus is always twinned with our knowledge of what he suffered on his earthly journey. It's like the joy of any new parent. Now, it's not only the presence of their child, but also the dreams, the hopes of who she will be, what good things her life will bring. Now, Mary, too, had that joy, all that hopeful expectation, and 
Gabriel told her that a sword would pierce her own heart as well. That very child sitting on her lap, she would have to give up for the sake of the whole world. When we realize that the child sitting on that lavish altar of Mary's lap, or that the Christ present at this beautiful altar tonight is ours to hold as well. The reality of that strange relationship tends to hit home. When we look at the beauty, we must also see the suffering. Otherwise, we are more apt to ignore all of the suffering around us, suffering of others, suffering in our own lives as well. Christmas cannot paint over the suffering of the world with guilt and baubles. They're both together. You see, the simple truth of our lives, of the lives of all around us, is reflected in the story of Jesus' birth. Love blooms amid the scarce resources, the uncertainty, and even under the threat of violence against him and his family. The love that brings us here to this church and to this altar is a love that had to go through suffering as well. Each of us is united in that story because each of us have walked through our own valleys. This altar is just one of millions of altars, little altars all throughout the world, celebrating this incredible mystery tonight. One of my mentor priests who served in one of the richest and most ornate parishes in this America. He always said that the most precious Eucharist he ever had was one Christmas Eve, and it was had on the altar of the hood of a Jeep in Vietnam. The message of the love of God goes so far into our lives to reach into the most painful places, the places we want to hide, the places we want to forget. God wants to be with us in that spot. God came to be with all of us, not just in our joyful, bright moments, but in the suffering as well. I would say in the suffering especially. We are not alone, though we may be lonely. We are not alone. God is with us in this story, the story that we tell again tonight, the story that we weave in this world every day. God is at this altar, the altar of our hearts. And the same spirit that led Jesus on his path of service and sacrifice can also lead us. We need nothing formal, nothing fancy. We need just be a band of weary folks 
walking together hand in hand, trying our best to follow Jesus. In fact, it is the only place that we should be because the world needs us. The world needs all Christians to step together and follow this holy child in his loving ways. I was reading from Howard Thurman's incredible essay, The Mood of Christmas. If you have not read it, please get a copy. It will do your heart good. I was reminded in that reading once again, that the desperate need of Christians to pull together is caused by our tendency to isolate, to become insular rather than open to God's call. Thurman writes, the Madonna and child in Christianity is profoundly rooted in this background of universality. Specifically, it dramatizes the birth of a Jewish baby under unique circumstances, calling attention to a destiny in which the whole human race is involved. For many to whom he is the savior of mankind, no claim as to his origin is too great or too lofty. Here is the culmination of a vast expectancy and the fulfillment of our desperate need. Through the ages, the message of him whose coming is celebrated at this Christmas time says again and again through artists, through liturgy, through music, written and spoken word, through great devotion and his heroic sacrifice, that the destiny of humans on earth is a good and common destiny, that however dark the moment or the days may be, the redemptive impulse of God is ever-present in human life. It beats as a living heart inside of us. But there is something more. The Madonna and child conception suggests that there is a growing edge in human life. The hope of every generation is in the birth of the child. The stirring of the child in the womb is the perennial sign of man's attack on bigotry, blindness, prejudice, greed, hate, and all the host of diseases that makes our lives a nightmare. The birth of the child in China, Japan, the Philippines, Russia, India, America, and all over the world is the breathless moment like the stillness of absolute motion when something new, something fresh, something whole may be ushered into the nations. And that will be the rallying point for the whole human race to join hands and move forward together into the city of God, into the kingdom of heaven on earth. We can make Thurman's dream our own this Christmas.
We need to take the baby from the altar and let him reside in our hearts. We need to allow his Holy Spirit to unite us, to goad us along, and to whisper in our ears, you are not alone. You are not alone. Together is the only way we will walk this way of love in the weary world. Amen.